Welcome to the Cackalack Panthers Chat Podcast, coming to you quasi-live from the Gate City. Folks, we are the official, unofficial Carolina Panthers Podcast. The statements made on this show do not necessarily represent the opinions of those individuals making them. Opinions may change on the fly, after conscious deliberation, or for no reason whatsoever. And finally, as Mel likes to remind us, we are grossly unqualified to give our opinions on professional football players, but we in no way let that stop us or even give us pause. My name is Adam. I am one of your four hosts tonight. I have here with me BK, Wilstradamus, and Mel. Are y'all ready to get started? Let's go. Let's do I'm it. I'm ready. All right, let's do it. BK, who is tonight's sponsor? Thanks, Adam. There can only be one sponsor tonight. That's right. This week's podcast is brought to you by Trailer. That's right. The Travis Kelsey Taylor Swift budding romance. <laughs> may it last longer than one of our podcasts and may it stop dominating football coverage. Oh my For God. For real. I am yeah. so tired of that. It's pretty good. Every good coverage. Sponsor. Every coverage. Every coverage. It was even like, this is how bad it was on the little ticker at the bottom of Sports Center on Monday morning. It literally only said Taylor Swift attends Chiefs game. Did y'all see Bill? That's Be- it. Did y'all see Bill Belichick's comment? That was perfect. No. What did he oh say? Oh my god! So he, he was asked about the uh, the the you know the budding romance, so to speak, and uh, he said, "Well, Travis has made some big catches in his life, but this would be by far the biggest one." <laughs> I mean, fair statement. That's very true. Yeah, fair for statement. Sure. Like, there's big in the NFL, but Taylor Swift's on a whole different level. I guess. I'm I don't also astounded her. by it. I, yeah. I'm a little bit like, I I mean, not to be funny, and y'all know my feelings, but like when Tom Brady started dating Giselle, she was the biggest supermodel in the world, and I don't feel like it got this coverage. Taylor is just a whole nother level that I can't even understand. I so. guess. I mean, she's been around now like 20 years, and she still seems young in a weird way. Yeah, she's 33. Wow. And it, and it said his jersey sales went up 400% the mm. day yeah. that she showed up at the and all these Swifties are now like, "Oh, it's just disgusting. I can't even." Yeah, I I it's don't just know. Too much. It's, it's just too much. It's a lot. It's it's a lot. It's, it's a problem the Panthers don't have to worry about. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. <laughs> True. All right, Will. This is getting more difficult every week, but how do we do? I'm I'm used to it now. We uh we lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, and uh, it's getting it's it's getting old now. What were your thoughts about the game? Um, I I used a, a lot of the time to make a really great spatchcock chicken, so <laughs> I used my time wisely. I uh, you know I, I I watched the game here and there. Um, really kind of the same stuff that we've, we've seen except Andy Dalton, just, you know, the, the Seahawks defense wasn't as good as the first two we, that we faced and, uh, seemed like we passed a lot more in this game. It was, it was a bit more effective. Um, Dalton seemed to be able to hit some of the throws that Bryce has not been able to hit. Uh, our receivers seem to have been getting a little bit more separation, I guess. And that goes back to the Seahawks just not being as, as strong a defense, but our offensive line has been really putrid. Obviously, I think Icky had four false starts, yep. uh, seven yep. total on the day. Technically eight, if you can include the one on the uh, punt. Okay, yeah. so eight false starts. I mean, that's that's horrendous. The the team, you know, is still just as sloppy as they were playing. 
um, under rule and in the first couple of games. It's really frustrating to watch Icky regress. You know, Miles Sanders really isn't doing much of anything. Not at all. Um, the line's not helping him out, but I still don't think he's a very strong runner. So, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it's it, a, lot, a lot of guys getting injured, and I think that they, they're – a bit more okay with coming out of the game and staying out of the game with with some stingers or some more minor injuries than they would be if the team was a bit more competitive. So I feel like it's kind of sucking out their their competitive spirit um, already. And and I know that a lot of this for for some of the guys on the team is is continuing to carry over from their time spent you know playing for rule. And it's it's got to be you know for guys like Luvu and and Derek Brown and um, you know Brian Burns and and a lot of these you know Dante. I'm I'm sure the losing is is getting exhausting. Um, you know it's not fun to watch as a fan. It's um, it's it's just all around it's it's not enjoyable um but you know i guess we uh we showcase dalton a little bit maybe he's gonna have some trade value if the <laughs> jets feel like they're not satisfied but with trevor trade? simeon yeah. and yeah. zach wilson i don't know if you saw late today we are trying out a former rams qb um i did it's bryce something right yeah I, i've never heard of this guy he might have been a practice spot guy or or you know third string or something like that but never heard of him but it doesn't seem like that would make sense unless we were maybe thinking that was a potential trade opportunity how does that happen to us we go back and we get jake luton and then all of a sudden the saints swipe him off our practice squad i thought he was uh, why why does this happen to us every time it's a practice squad guy who cares i mean it's a third string player yeah but he's probably better than the guy that we just picked up they're practice squad guys it's you know I mean, right Six now, to one, Dalton, half dozen the no, other. but if Dalton gets hurt, you have to have somebody to back him up. And the way things have been going for the Panthers, you want, you know. LaVisca Chenault throw. I mean, he seems to do everything anyway. Yeah. So. Uh, BK, any thoughts on the game? Yeah, you know, um, it started off better than some of the past games, I feel like. We there let was, it halftime. There, there, was some, there were some positive things going on. Uh, Will, you mentioned that we were throwing a lot more. I, I think we had like 44 yards rushing total, which is pretty awful. Was it that low? It was that low. 11 of which were Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, wow. you know, Sad. that's 33 yards of rushing from non-quarterbacks. Um, but, I mean, Dalton threw for almost 400 yards, so that's good. Um, similarly, I had some other things that seemed like a lot more fun as the game wore on. So my interest in the game waned a little bit. Understandably, um, you know, it's, you know, the lack of a rushing game is not helpful when you don't have great quarterback play. It, it's been weird because this year we seem to have certain things, not many, but certain things working in one game. And those things seem to fall apart in the next game. And then one part of your game seems to advance while the other parts regress. I was actually going to hit on something that Will said. I, I feel like as a team, we've regressed since the first game of the season, which is rather frightening. Now, Andy Dalton came in, did a good job, I felt, as the QB. The the wide receivers did better, but I'm not sure if that's because they were playing better or because it was a, a lesser defense. And it seemed like we schemed better for the defense than we had against Atlanta or New Orleans. And maybe that's just because we had two additional games to work from in terms of film. 
I recall Frank Wright saying something in the press conference about that pass that DJ uh, Shark caught uh, where he turned it into a touchdown, 44 or 47-yard touchdown. That they had actually schemed that up. So, um, but, but nonetheless, the offensive line was nothing short of abysmal. We're on track right now as a team to allow, if, if things continue, and hopefully they won't, but to allow the most quarterback uh, pressures of any team ever. I did see Ouch. that. I mean, those pace stats never really last once you get a full stretch of games. But yeah, true. It's, it's bad. But, but to be on that pace right now, and 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 I think going back to some of the criticisms of Bryce Young that we saw in the first two games, I I I do feel as things are kind of getting ironed out that they are not as warranted as maybe they they first seemed. Andy Dalton did better um, than Bryce had done, and 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 that was great. But I'm not sure that the faults of the receivers and the offensive line need to be laid at Bryce's shoes. Uh, a lot of NFL pundits, who some of which maybe know better than I, and some of which don't. I don't. I don't really know. But don't seem to be lost on on um, Bryce as a, as a player in two games. And and I think it would be absolutely premature to to feel that way. The disheartening thing about all of it, though, is just looking at a player like C.J. Stroud, who has really shined in his first three games, despite the team effort not being there and them not winning games. Uh, but, you know, on the whole, he's had a significantly better first two and then a third game, obviously, which Bryce didn't play then. Than Bryce has had, and that's that's tough to see when you know that we took Bryce over him. But um, yeah, and I mean, uh, all things else being fairly equal, with like you said, a, a not phenomenal team around him and a brand new coaching staff installing a brand new system. I mean, we don't have many excuses. But y'all also have to remember, I don't think anybody's factoring into this. With Bryce, also comes a phenomenal weight on his shoulders. We paid dearly to go up and get him, and we got him, the number one pick. Everybody's looking at him, expecting miracles out of him, expecting him to turn the team around. And with that weight, I think it it just impedes these play. It happens to so many of them, and it's not just Bryce. Well, then that means he was not worthy of the number one overall pick and trading there, a bunch of picks away to get him. You, but, it does come with a responsibility, but you you know, if you're not living up to it, then that's, you know, that's problematic cj stroud isn't doing better because he was the number two well, I think overall he can pick. play freer too he didn't have those expectations there were i mean if I you're say, a houston fan there are expectations no i say wait wait give it till the season give it the season two two games does not a career make and i'm not convinced even in the slightest that that, that bryce is still not going to be a, a great player in the league only time will tell that. We've seen we've seen players come in and sputter in their first few games. We gave the reference uh, back to Peyton Manning a podcast ago, and and you know he he had not, he did not start well, um, but he's gone on to be one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. So again, I, I'm not lost there. I think what's more troublesome for me is is the the game planning by the coaches right now and. and and I'll say one more thing, and this is to your point, Will, that you've made in many, many podcasts recently, is <laughs> is that it doesn't seem like Fitterer has done a good job down the line in terms of draft strategy. Um, just because when we're outside of our first 
guys on the field, whether it be defense or offense, the depth is woeful. It, yeah, there's we've got here. bodies to throw in there, but you know the the, the talent drop off is just so significant that we're we just don't have an ability to stay in games once injuries take a hold. And we've had the injury bug already this season. We had it in the preseason. We've had it now. So it's been hard and things don't look like they're going to get better on the injury side of things anytime soon. So, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's a huge challenge. And I also think that points to the strength and conditioning coach too. I mean, I feel like some of those like, Injuries are part of the game, but it's been an awful lot of them. I think there's two things that go into that. One is, do you pick the right guy at the place that you are in the draft? I think we questioned DJ Johnson's. We questioned that from the beginning, Mm -hmm. drafting him there. He's not come on. He's not played. He's not been impactful versus a guy like, was it Darnell Washington, the tight end that's huge and could have been a real real asset to to, uh, Bryce early on in his career. And and I think so. I think it's one selection is one part of it. Two is just the numbers game, and it's trading back up and forth um, in, in terms of draft capital. And while at the time some of these things seem pretty sexy and like we're doing a great job, they haven't panned out. And the only person who I think you can fully put the blame on there is at this point Fitterer. And and I don't know what else to say about that. I hate to say that. Because, but because I, I like Fitterer, but I don't, I don't know who else to to point to to say, all right, we're not, we're not, we don't have depth, we don't have talent, you know, we don't have a a roster capable of competing, and we don't have first round picks for like the next two years. No, it's just next year. It's just next year. It's just next year. But the the thing is too, Fitterer, I agree with you, but then again, the waters get so muddy because I think when Tepper made the awful decision to hire Matt Rule, and then he starts, you know, giving all responsibilities and agreeing in his contract that he can have, he has the first right of review, he has total control of the um, roster. When you start doing things like that, then you're going to hire a general manager to come in, and you're going to kind of hog tie him, so to speak, and then and I don't know who is at fault. And then you keep hearing things like Tepper is the one demanding some of these people. Like I, I've heard, I don't know what y'all have heard, but I've heard that he was like from the get go wanting to go for Bryce. And he was really pushing that. I think there are a lot of unsubstantiated rumors because for some reason, people really do not want to blame Scott Fitterer for his role in, oh, I blame in him. I destroying don't. this franchise. But it's really handicapped. him, us. so he, it starts with him. It, yeah, I mean, that's, that's of course true. You know, the rule stuff, I think, has been so overblown. I went back and I looked at a lot of those articles because I wanted to see what was actually being said. And what rule was saying was that I, you know, he said things like, I, I think that my contract technically says that I have total that I have final say over the roster, but that's not how we're going to do it. You know, this is going to be uh, we're going to have a joint vision, you know, but this is Scott's team. He's making the calls. He's making the picks. I'm, I'm you know, I, I will play a role in personnel, but it's not going to be like that. There was no there was no hard, firm commitment. You know, I, I did see the articles in the Charlotte Observer and, and whoever else reported on it. And I just I, I think people took 
certain things that rule said and and really twisted it around to to uh, people just uh, people hate rule a lot for and for good reason he's kind of a you know he's a goofy dude whatever but you know i, I think so much is laid on his feet when it's really not all, all him. I think Scott has made a ton of bad decisions. And you mean in terms of the talent and the drafting? Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Rule wasn't back there telling Scott to, you know, trade away a bunch of our picks to pick up, you know, three more day three picks or, or something like that whenever we went with, you know, nine defensive guys, two of whom are still on the roster, and one of those is injured every single season so i mean you know a, a lot of these things they're, they're just not they're not rule things um i think they have similar team building philosophies you know when fitterer left the seahawks he was the vice president of personnel he was also the head of their scouting department and one of the reasons i remember seeing you know seahawks fans were really rejoicing that he was gone because uh, a lot of people had really started to slam his drafting and acquisition thought process which was light and and speedy you know super athletic guys everything else is kind of secondary but you're looking at that raw athletic score and you're drafting those athletic guys and you know it just it it does not pan out when you're making those all of your picks in the draft that's why the Seahawks have just famously not drafted well for the last decade um and I think we we have seen that come come to this team and impact us now and and now we're we're seeing that same lack of depth you know, we're seeing a bunch of misses on picks and, and that just it's 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 hard to stomach when you see these, you know, are really talented guys or even just, you know, the guys that are good enough to, to start on this team. They they go down and then the people that come in and take their places, it's it's scary. I, I mean, we have what, like four starters on each side of the ball injured, if not more. Yes, yeah. that's rough. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. That's true. Yeah, the other thing we're also forgetting is that um, there was another Demon Deacon responsible for taking down the Panthers yeah, this week. Yeah, little Kenneth Walker action, former Deacon. I'm starting to get a little upset about this, but he went <laughs> is, for. Is almost, it you, BK? I don't know. You he, got the bad juju. I might be. You know that I have bad yes, juju, so true. I'm starting to, you know, just reconfirm my belief. It may be me and not the Panthers or the Jets. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, he went for he went for like almost 100 yards, two touchdowns. So yeah. that's not helpful. No, nope. I think you're safe. The Jets are still cursed, and you left a long time ago. I mean, ago, so. that's true. I, y'all, I, I think, I think when we did our little uh, personal interviews, Mel, you were asking me about how I was going to feel when the Jets made their Super Bowl run, mm -hmm. and I said, if you remember, <laughs> I said, y'all are not trusting my 38 years of experience. Something will go wrong. I could not foresee what went wrong, but. Good grief. Holy cow. Yeah. Basically the absolute worst case scenario, in fact. So you were you were spot on. Yeah. Well, I think uh, many Panthers fans, just to close out this session of the recap of the last game, feel in many ways the same way that the famous coach Jim Mora did uh, after one of his more memorable games. Uh, playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> I do hope we can win a game. I do as well, but I know that that is a uh, a feeling that many Panthers fans share right now. So uh, to the rest of y'all listening out there, we, we feel your pain. All right. This is a little out of character for us, but Spicy, what's our fun topic of the week? Thanks, BK. 
I saw this, so I can't take all credit for it on Twitter or the X or whatever you want to call it. But as we all know, former Panther Christian McCaffrey, CMC, is having a bonker season in San Fran. Uh, had a good second half of the season last year when we traded him. And so the question was, what should CMC get Fitty for Christmas for getting him out of Carolina? <laughs> That's a good question. Whew. All right, Adam. I think I got this. He's going to have to give him a diamond out of his Super Bowl ring. Oh. Yeah, that's. I good. hate to yeah, say it, but I think they I think are. That's what's going to happen. I think I think they are the best team in the NFL right now. Ooh, I don't know. I mean, Miami dropping seventy this week that's was kind true. of a. That's true. That was kind of a surprise. I mean, yeah. we we know we know they're talented on offense, but dropping seventy. Yeah. That that was yeah a shocker. It was a shocker, but I'm still saying I don't know. The Niners are looking pretty good, and uh, you know, a little piece of the Super Bowl ring. Is probably what needs to be sent back yeah. over to Fitterer. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I tend to agree. Um, I don't know. Maybe he could give Fitty a little piece of the uh, the Golden Gate Bridge. You That's know, a good idea. You know, just to little chisel a little, little off, little little nugget off of the Golden Gate. <laughs> <laughs> just to be like, look how CMC is living over here on the West Coast. You know, doing my thing out of that very difficult organization that has become the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I think maybe he should make an investment at his wedding. Ooh. Mm, yeah. True. Yeah. And maybe even arrange as a little gift for the Panthers to get Fiddy out of the organization. I mean, that'd be all right. Yeah. Yeah. Who are we going to replace him with, though? Doesn't matter. Anyone? Doesn't One matter. of us, maybe. Steve, <laughs> Steve Wilkes. Bring him back. But not to replace Fiddy. Yeah, I mean, why not? He's inspiring. I don't know that that means he's got talent, but he can't be any worse than Fiddy's been. You know what you got? <laughs> Y'all took some good ones. I don't. Uh, so I, you know, I think maybe Christian can fly down to uh, Fiddy's house, give him some piano lessons, uh, <laughs> teach him a new hobby, uh, so he can fill his free time with with something after he gets canned. Or at, least, thought. or at least help him play a new tune, because this tune sucks. I like yeah. that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got, I got an idea. Is that, uh, I don't know if he's any better, but didn't they say Samir Suleiman was likely to get hired away as a general manager somewhere? Maybe he'd be a better general manager. I've, I've seen rumors of that. Um, I, yeah, if something doesn't pan out soon, I, I think you've got to be looking at Fiddy's job. I mean, he's been around here the whole rule period, and um, I don't know. We'll see. We are looking like we are a worse team than we were a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. I, I don't know. I, I think it is entirely possible that we win fewer games this season than we did under Rule at any point in time. And his worst season was what four and four and twelve? Did he have a sixteen game season before they went to seventeen? I thought we I had a know. five win Rule season, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it doesn't really matter. Anyway, Steve yeah. Wilkes had the best winning record of any of them. Uh, that's, I mean, he only had what, like eight games? Well, and still, he lost all the important ones. And still, so. I mean, he still won six games. Yeah. No, wait, did he? Maybe five. Something like that. Five games. Doesn't matter. Mel, what would you, what, if you were CMC, what would you give 50 for a present? I done said. Oh, you did? Mm -hmm. oh, okay. 
but we'll let that go. I, I wanted to make a point, though, because you didn't come back to me on what I thought of the game. Oh. So I'll just interject here. I like it. Game is what it was. I felt better about it. I felt more positive about it, as you know. And then I see people that are always super positive, like Zach Luttrell the next day saying things like, God, I mean, losing is one thing, but do we have to be so incompetent year after year after year? And and it's true. It's, it gets it beats you down. It's awful. It's been abysmal, you know, whatever. But I heard a stat today that I thought was shocking, and y'all might have heard it before, but it is that we have 53 straight games in which they've trailed at any point during the fourth quarter we have not won. So that's the longest record in the NFL. Um, I did see. I, I saw that. The last time we did have a comeback win when we trailed at any point during the fourth quarter was with Cam in Philly in 2018. Wow. Ouch. That was a long time ago now. I yeah. remember that game. It was a long that time ago. That game was ago. rough. And then when you start talking about referring back to Fiddy and, and how he hasn't done a good job, because I was like you, Adam, I'm like, he seems like he's wheeling and dealing. He's really wheeling, wheeling and dealing. He's doing great things. But it never gets us anywhere. Mm. It's like, oh, my gosh, we just traded away or we just got 15 picks for C-Mac, but where's where's the results from that? DJ you know? Johnson. If you, yeah. <laughs> if you trade away your best player – you better hit on perhaps the best player in the NFL, perhaps, even perhaps. And I mean, I'm happy for CMC because he's doing well and he'll probably get a Super Bowl with them. So I'm happy for him. But at the same time, you can't go trading away your best players just thinking you're going to pick somebody up in the draft, especially when you have his record of drafting. It's I, abysmal. True, but here here's the one solace that I take from that because I don't know that any of the picks are going to pan out. It, it, I can see the gamble. I agreed with the gamble. I still agree with the gamble to trade those picks away or trade CMC away to get the picks because you just can't win in the NFL without a, a quarterback. We knew that then. We know that now. That that calculus has not changed. Whether we made the right call or whether any of those guys would have been the right call remains to be seen. Um, but I'm actually, I mean, I take solace in the fact that CMC is not wasting his career here in Carolina right now. And I mean that because I really liked him. I think he's a a great guy by all outward impressions. And he's playing for a team that's going to compete for a Super Bowl. And it would have really sucked to have watched him just continue to be productive, but never have a chance at really doing something great in his career. And uh, I think he's got the opportunity to do that now. I think the one thing that's really going to suck from a Panthers fan's perspective is that, you know, when you see these guys, they finish up their careers, it's it's time to put on the jackets and, and reflect back. You know, he he will remember Carolina, but if he will be went, a footnote, an asterisk. It will be a footnote, an asterisk. It will have been, uh, yeah, I did that before kind of deal. And I think that kind of sucks for as much as he meant to the team. And I don't know that I've ever felt like that about – another Carolina player. I mean, maybe with the exception of, of Julius Peppers, yeah, but Julius Peppers came back. And, and, and Smitty, the Ravens, to and a lesser S- degree. Smitty, but Smitty, you Smitty know, he played for the two years, Panther. two years for the, the Ravens. It, and that was that was the asterisk of his career. He played with the Super Bowl with the Panthers. Um, but anyway, it's just uh, just going back to that. I, I'm, I'm happy for CMC. And, and, and in the bigger scheme, I, I think it's... I still think it's the better thing that worked out. People look at him and go like, oh, what if we had him? I mean, I don't think he's the difference maker. I don't think he's the difference between us winning games 
and competing versus this not. And and frankly, if he can have a better life, this is like I mean, I feel like we're the the girlfriend that watches or the boyfriend that watches the one that got away get away, and then being like, I'm happy for them. Yeah, you know? it's it's hard. I w- I will say this. I think the bigger issue I have with it, it it made sense. Get that sixteen million dollars uh, a year off your books. The team needs to rebuild, however, because we've made a lot of decisions that are inconsistent with that. And also the return ultimately that we got was just it did not reflect the caliber of player that he is. Uh, And I know, you know, I feel like we traded him at basically his the, the low point in his value, you know, between coming off multiple injured seasons and having a fat contract that was getting fatter in, in these years. Yeah. You know, it was a recipe for a poor return, but I think he had five, four or five healthy games before that. He was, of course, the only player putting up triple digit yardage. And uh, I think, what was it, a, like a second and a third? A second, third, and a fourth. Although that sucks the, because that's, I mean, obviously it's, it's not going to turn Although no, no, no running backs are getting anything remotely no. close to that yeah, right now. Is he's not running back. No, I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah. I'm just talking about, think about even the marquee running backs right yeah. now in the NFL. I mean, they're not getting contracts. No. Saquon Barkley got a one-year deal. I mean, he's now since got injured. But, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott gets cut from the Cowboys. I mean, this is this is yeah. this is a time in which we pay Miles Sanders twelve million dollars a yeah, year. Should have said stuck with Deontay. Ford. I, We've covered that tough. ground, but yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like they, these these things are not what they used to be. And I think at the time, and I still think it was probably a decent deal. It just goes to show the value in the talent of Christian McCaffrey, though, because he's just. He's outstanding. Yeah, I, I mean, he's what would Debo Samuel get in a trade? You know, he would pull probably two firsts. Pull, no. Nah, how, how many did Tyreek demand when he was traded? Two first. Exactly. Debo, Debo would get maybe a first and a second then. Maybe. But he is just as valuable as, as Tyreek is. I agree. Um, you know, I, I think Tyreek's probably the second or best player in the NFL, but he's just – McCaffrey can – can do all the things. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with Will. And I was going to say, too, talking about Fiddy being bad at decision-making, they let Hassan Reddick go, and Philly paid him $45 million over three I, years. I think we've been – Hassan Reddick didn't want to – he was – he took less money to go to Philly. He didn't want to be here. I, I don't think that was Fitz's fault. That made sense. And because that was reported they also on. let um, – the guy from the Patriots, what's his name? Oh, Stefan Gilmore? Yeah, they let him go yeah. too. I, I don't know. I, who knows what's going on there? But um, clearly, Hassan Reddick made the right decision for his his career, and so did uh, so did CMC. So, yeah, I mean, water under the bridge. We'll, we'll lament it, uh, but we, you know, like with everything being a Panthers fan recently, we got to move on. Yeah, stinks. Same in the podcast. <laughs> Speaking of moving on, we uh, have the Vikings up next. Yeah. Two winless teams going at it. What you got? I'm going to go last because I feel that it's going to be a pretty negative bent for the first go around. It's going to be different this week. It's, it's, I I do, well, just get, go ahead, Will. Will, Go go ahead, Will. Lead us off. Well, we know it's, it's going to be a loss. I'm comfortable saying that. I'm comfortable expecting that. Justin Jefferson is probably going to have a field day. I'm sure Kirk is going to go over 400 yards. Uh, I hope Bryce is able to come back and play. 
I don't know where we stand with that. I don't know if I, I don't think I've seen anything over the last couple of days. Expectations last week were that he would likely be out this week as well. But anyway. Did he practice today? Do we know? Did he walk through? Or I've not heard anything that indicates he's going to play. So, you know, I I think Andy Dalton will probably be able to, to put up decent yardage again, probably two touchdowns. But um, the Vikings defense is not, not bad. Maybe trending towards good. Um, so I, it's just, it's a, a recipe for a, a loss. BK? I think we are not going to lose, but we're also not going to win. I'm calling a tie. Wow. No one's coming out with a win. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's going to be some really awkward score. It's going to be like 12 to 12 or something ridiculous like that. So like two touchdowns and two missed field goals on both sides? No, I think or? it's going to be something ridiculous, like a touchdown, a field goal, and a safety. Someone's going to get a <laughs> touchdown, go for something, and miss. It's going to be something wacky. I, I don't know. Just calling it. Why not? Why not? I like it. Yeah. Mel? This I'm surprising myself right here. I hate to say it out loud, but this is the first one I'm going to call a win for us. Hey! All right now. And it kind of depends on who's going to be out. Oh, wait. Wrong one. Wrong one. Wrong one. All the wrong ones. Nope. All the wrong ones. All right. There we go. (laughs) Kind of depends on who we're going to have. On Is Luvu going to be out? Is, you know, those kinds of things. It kind of depends somewhat on that, but... But you're you're marking it up a win. I think. Do you have an idea of score, or are you just going? It's gonna be close, and it's gonna be low. Close and low. <laughs> I'm sure it's there's not a. It's gonna be a seventy to twenty. I'm sure, there's not. an analogy somewhere in there. It's escaping me at the moment. You were looking for the clap, weren't you? I know, but it's not on the it's not on the soundboard anymore. <laughs> it's fitting. <laughs> Has we no, no place longer there. have applause. <laughs> oh, well. Oh. Hurtful, but you're right. Too right. All right. What you I, got, Spice? I, I've I've been thinking about this all day, seriously. Yeah. And I, all right. So I'm pretty sure I've predicted wins the whole season. I, I do think you had us at four and zero so far. <sighs> yeah. Well, yes, and then double down every every game. Um. So nonetheless, uh, no, I I do think we're gonna win, and the reason why I think we're gonna win is because I think it's utter desperation at this point in time. We, we literally. This is the last game at home before we play two on the road, and the two that we play on the road, Miami, are to Miami, and then to the Lions, and then the Lions. I think that's right. Yeah. And so, um, the Lions are not bad. I think they've got a pretty good offense. Uh, I don't know. Was that Ford Field? What is the name of the place? Ford there? Field. Ford Field. I mean, not not always the worst place to play, but not always the best place best place to play. And I think when the Lions are playing well, that it can be a difficult arena. We clearly struggled in Seattle with noise, and that's a dome, so that's not working in our favor. Um, and then, of course, Miami is just torching people right now. It seems like I'm scared to go to Miami. It seems like they've got an eight cylinder car that's driving like it's got ten cylinders, and finally. Tua is doing what he was billed to do coming out of of college. And so I, I don't... See, there's another one with a slow start. That, true, true, which gives me some solace and hope. But go, going back to that, I just... If we don't get a win this week, we go into the bye at 0-6. I, 
I feel confident saying that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so my prediction is based in part upon, as I said it, desperation because I don't see two wins coming on the road against the the Lions and certainly not against Miami. Who would have thought years ago? Who would have thought like last year? I don't know that the Dolphins. I mean, they've they've started to put it together. Was it Mike McDaniel's that guy that looks like he super nerd? Oh my god! And he's like a middle school math teacher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, so I'm predicting a win. I think we score 27, which is what we scored this week, and. I think they just score less. I don't really know to what extent. That's usually how it works, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what they tell me. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a math guy. I'm not a math guy. So All right, guys. That's it. That's the end of the show. But before we end, we'd like to thank the crew that makes it possible. Our chief program editor, Susan B. Cutting, she still hangs in there with us despite all the Panther losses. Our head of culinary affairs, Mo Salt, our office intern and apprentice, our on-call and never stalled new staff urologist, Ivana Tinkle, our Louisiana Bayou correspondent, Alligator. I'm sorry, Will, she's still on staff. Our director, our director of geriatric care, Live Long, our Coastal Carolina meteorologist, Harry Kane, our Tom Brady liaison, Hugh Jass, our office pipe inspector, Lee King. Our office pasta aficionado, Al Dente, our Kim Kardashian correspondent, who we borrowed from TMZ, Luke Amias. And finally, back from his off-season hiatus, our away game predictor, Lance Lied. Y'all, y'all didn't get that? I got it. Okay. Huh? Mel whispered it. I figured it no, out. No, I don't got I don't got it still. Luke. Look at my Oh. <laughs> Yo. Anyway. Um <laughs> Jesus. It's, the wheels are falling off this ship, too. I'll just tell you that. Right no doubt. Now. No doubt. No doubt. We y'all, may need a bye week. <laughs> y'all have anything further? Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding. Keep pounding, everyone. And thank you so much for listening, the three of you. Goodbye. <laughs>